1: Hey, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal of Constitution with today's edition of Southern Fried Soccer. Atlanta United defeated Montreal 2-0 on Sunday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium behind goals from Hector Villaba and Jeff Lerunitz. For today's show, I'm joined by Jason Longshore, the analyst for 92.9 for Atlanta United and also host of Soccer Down Here. How are you, Jason?
0: Doing good. Doing good. I don't think I'm quite as tired as these guys. They looked a little tired in the second half.
1: It was a very business-like victory, I thought. It wasn't too flat. Flashy. They did what they needed to do. The defense I thought was really, really solid. Other than maybe one little breakdown in the second half, uh, it was it lacked a lot of energy. But sometimes those are the kind of wins you need.
0: Yeah, I like the changes that Tata Martino made today. Um, you could see them start when Miguel Almirón came off injured and Tito Vichalba went into kind of a second forward type of role, um, maybe halfway just replacing. Miguel in the first half but in the second half it was obvious that they had went to match what Montreal was bringing at them more of that 532 mm-hmm. type of shape with with Lorenowitz dropping into the back line you know from the outset not in possession and Tito joining Joseph up top, so I liked that. I liked that adjustment from Tata Martino, and Montreal really seemed confused by it and didn't know what to do with so much of the ball.
1: Yeah, Martino said after the game that it was actually the same defensive system they ran against Orlando, kind of a three center back sure. kind of a thing. But the players that were in it this time were a little more familiar with each other than the grouping that did it against Orlando City, so it worked a lot better.
0: Yeah, we've talked about that. Um, yeah. It was harder, and it's just the subtlety of the three-man back line with the third guy coming from a holding midfield role. It's very easy. Just drop straight into that space between your two regular center backs. When it's the third guy in walks really slotting in from the right, it's a lot more awkward, and it's a lot tougher to to make that kind of change on the fly. And Tata essentially said that as much after the Orlando game, that maybe that was one too many changes in, in that type of setup.
1: But that's not the big news out of today's game. There's two big pieces of news out of this one, There are three. Two are related. One is Atlanta United is now moved into third place in the East, is three points behind NYCFC with a game in hand. They will host Philadelphia on Wednesday with a chance to tie NYCFC. Uh, the other is they now need just one win to become the first expansion team since Seattle in 2009 to clinch a playoff spot. Um, there have been quite a few expansion teams since then that have failed to do so. And the other piece of news was uh, Miguel Almiron leaving the game in the 17th minute with what looks like a hamstring injury. Martino didn't really seem too concerned about it uh, after the game. He said he's going to see a doctor tomorrow. And I was asked I mean, I asked him if Julian Gretzel would be the replacement. And he said there's still time. So it doesn't seem like he's too concerned about it.
0: Yeah, when you go back and look at it, you know, I saw the incident with Boldor on the, the end line, and Miguel came up hobbling a little bit, uh, couldn't tell if it was hamstring or possibly groin at that point. Then the play switched to the opposite side of the field from where Miguel was. Miguel had come over to the right side, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the early going where Atlanta really attacked the right side today, which was a little different. But Almiron was on this side, and I noticed him stretching a mm-hmm. couple times as yeah. the ball had switched to the opposite side. And and then Lorenowitz dropped the ball to him for Miguel to shoot, and you could tell it just yeah, wasn't there for him. The yeah, he couldn't get over it and put it into the, the seats. Um, yeah, but he walked off fine. Yeah, he you walked know, he, off he, fine. He, he People was said upset, he was, right. but not, he didn't look hurt. He looked upset that he was having to come off.
1: And frankly, I mean, now might be a good time to sit Almiron and give him, give him some games off, give him some time off. Let him make sure he's uh, 100% healthy going into the playoffs. It's going to be really hard for Atlanta United. To not at least get to host a playoff game, right? Uh, in the first round, yeah, it would take um, some
0: pretty dramatic changes in the, the MLS Eastern Conference right now for that to happen. I feel like they're in pretty good shape. I mean, they, they've done what they had to do, and you know, you talked about it. That Martino said he wanted nine points coming into the Orlando game to then start rotating the squad. He's got seven, right? And I think other results have really helped him. You know, essentially secure the playoff spot. Right. They can officially seal it on Wednesday. against Philadelphia, but they're all been in now. And we were talking about this on the post-game shows, is is how do you approach it? Because you have... Philadelphia Wednesday, you go to New England, then you have Minnesota on Tuesday during the international break, where you could be without guys anyway. Where do you rotate if you do? I kind of feel like you might just send a different crew to New England and go ahead and prioritize the the home games. But then you look at the players who could be away on international duty, and that could change that approach.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. And the other factor is playing on that turf in New England. I know they have turf here. It is new. Yeah. New England just put new <laughs> turf down, but they kind of go through turf like I go through socks. I don't know if it's the weather up there that just wears it out or what it might be. Um, but New England, they're going to want a little bit of revenge yeah. for getting just absolutely thumped 7 to nothing down here and being held without a shot and everything. But really, none of that matters a whole lot at this point. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see a team with Kenwin Jones and Brandon it's Vasquez. exactly what I was thinking. Maybe Kevin Kratz, Harrison Heath. Those guys yeah. Yeah. up there. Guys who haven't got a lot of playing time and and just, you know, they've got contracts to earn for next year. 100%. Uh, there's going to be some free agents that are probably interested in coming to Atlanta United um, and you're only consigned two per year. Uh, but there's going to be some availability at some different spots. And the
0: other element you can do with that is, you know, it's been hard for the team to train and really work new things into the system right now because so much of everything is recovery. However, those guys have not been playing this many games this period of time. So right. you kind of have an opportunity to prepare a second unit in some ways right. for that game against right. New England this week.
1: It could be a game where actually now that I'm thinking about, it, you could see Lagos Kunga, you could see Alex Tembakas mm-hmm. make his debut for Atlanta United. Yep. Uh, anyway, um, there was two players that really really impressed me tonight. Uh, one was Viaba, who I asked Martino this after after what I, th- I thought Viaba made a couple of defensive mistakes on the road trip at DC and Philly that cost Atlanta United goals. Yeah. Since then he's been he's worked really really hard on his defense and tonight what was an example it was his theft mm-hmm. that led to the goal Carmona gave him the pass but right Viaba was the one who stole it but he worked up and down this wing tonight he got around whoever was in front of him for Montreal time after time it was the same against Orlando City actually he burned the right side their right side too his touch isn't always that great so he can't always take advantage of his speed but I was really impressed by his work rate tonight and the other was Anton Waltz, who had the tough task of facing Ignacio Piatti, one of the best players in MLS, 17 goals, uh, and he just shut him down. He didn't have a shot.
0: See, tonight. And here's the funny thing is, I was wondering which two players you were going to mention, and Adam Schick and I were talking about this on the on the post-game coverage. You know, Carlos Carmona, for me, was man of the match. Yep. I, I 100% uh, yep. agreed that he was the man of the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, great performance as a defensive midfielder. Four tackles, one, four interceptions. Mm-hmm. The great passing that you always expect out of Carmona, I thought he was oh. just immense mm-hmm. tonight. Uh, Lorenowitz again with yep. another Jeff Lorenowitz type of game, even with a goal tonight. Right. His,
1: he said it was a dubious quality yeah. after the game.
0: Did he say which <laughs> body part he scored it with? It was, it, I it was sure. his chest. He I, said
1: the ball hit Martinez. I was, was gonna then go hit stomach.
0: Him, then in. <laughs> I was gonna go stomach, Russell joke he was it. trying
1: to put it right on Lorenowitz's chest.
0: Nice, <laughs> nice. But then, as we were talking about it in the post game, you know, another player who I thought was excellent tonight, and, and we have not mentioned yet and we've went through you know half of the starting lineup is Michael Parkhurst. Michael yeah, Parkhurst yeah. was excellent I,
1: well, tonight. Michael Parkhurst I, I think is usually consistently yeah. fairly solid. He reads the game so well. He and Perez have really developed a strong partnership
0: I think. It was just overall like such an Here's another one, Chris McCann. I thought Chris McCann had a number of huge defensive plays tonight. I thought he got involved in the offense fairly well, too. That's the thing about this team right now. And, you know, Wednesday the story was, you know, Assad stepping up and having the night that he had. Mm -hmm. Today it was Vishalba in the attack. Joseph struggled a little bit in front of goal and, you know, was kind of snatching at it a bit. These games happen. And the thing about Atlanta United right now is it's not like a lot of teams in this league where it's one guy or bust, or maybe two guys or bust. This team has a number of players you can step up, both young and old veterans. I mean, you've got such a great mix in the squad that you lose Miguel Almiron early in the first half and you really didn't miss him that much today. No, you
1: didn't. Gressel, I thought, came in and played Very well. good. His eighth assist. He now, I think it set a rookie
0: record. He's close. I think I He's not there, not there He's yet. Not there yet. He's close. Okay. I think the rookie record is 10. And I think the rookie record, if I'm not mistaken, is actually by a player that we know pretty well, Clint Mathis.
1: Oh, okay. The other record that Atlanta United set tonight came on Laurenowitz's goal. Yep. Their 63rd goal this season. It's a record for an MLS expansion team. Uh, it broke the record set by Chicago. Chicago in 98, I think it was. That's right. Um, Well, what does it say about Major League Soccer that Atlanta United can move players around, put them in unnatural positions? McCann at left back, walks at right back and they're still just rolling along.
0: You know, what it says to me is that the excuses that technical directors and general managers have had about building squads and building clubs in MLS, about how hard it is, um, if I was an owner of New England or D.C. or some other teams, Colorado is another one that comes to mind, teams that have been in this league for a long time and are struggling to attract the type of players Players, but also attract the depth and build the right kind of squad. I think Atlanta makes you question some of your staff because they have built a team year one with resources. You know, don't right. get me yeah, wrong. There, there are certain advantages that Atlanta United have that the other teams haven't. They've had some, but Jeff Lernowitz wasn't because of that. That was a signing that a lot of teams had a chance at, at getting, and they didn't. Parkhurst was a player that a lot of people said was was past it, lost the step. He has not looked like that at all this season paired with the right pairing. Leandro Gonzalez-Perez was not a player that was in high demand. Not really anybody knew him coming in, and, and he has shown what he can do. Yamil Assad was a player that Bellas Sarsfield fans were happy to see go.
1: Yeah, And Almiron was barely playing yeah. for his team. Yep. Yeah.
0: I mean, you're talking about a group of players that other teams had chances at, and other teams have had chances at these types of players and haven't been able to replicate this. And I think what Atlanta showing is that while it's not easy to build a squad in this league it's easier than it used to be I think Atlanta is just really setting a new standard that it's not okay to come in as a year one team and it's not okay for a team in a rebuilding mode to say, Well it's gonna take us three years.
1: Yeah, I'm curious if this is intimidating for other expansion candidates. I think
0: it's terrifying, to be uh, honest, because the bar's set pretty high. The bar's set high both from a results standard and a style standard. Mm-hmm. You know, and and just a, a class standard as well. And this is the thing that I keep coming back to in these last couple of weeks, being here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium and talking to national media about it. That's the biggest difference with what Atlanta United has done, in my opinion, is everything here, everything about this club feels first class. And the way the team is treated by ownership and by staff, they're treated like any major league team in any sport in the country. And I don't think that's always the case for MLS clubs. I think sometimes the clubs internally don't treat themselves that way and you know we've talked about it with New England for years as to how that club is treated compared to the Patriots you don't see any of those issues here and I think that's a big reason why the fans respond the way they do I think it's a big reason why the media responds the way it does and I think it's a big reason why this team is kind of taking over the city in some ways this year it's amazing
1: it will be interesting to see you know the coming years what might happen if they lose players if Martino leaves for example True um and then you know we'll, we'll see what happens but for now you're right it is Arthur blank has pledged to treat it as well as he treats the Falcons and you can't argue that that hasn't happened um all right we're gonna wrap up this edition we're at 13 and a half minutes Jason what do you have coming up
0: uh soccer down here tomorrow nine o'clock we're 9 to 11 Monday to Friday lots of stuff to talk about this week recapping today's game looking ahead to Wednesday and and then looking ahead to Saturday they just keep coming and also starting to look ahead at the World Cup qualifiers coming up yeah. and, and that's what you know almost jumps up at us right now is getting ready for those World Cup qualifiers both from a U.S. national team perspective going into probably one of the biggest World Cup qualifiers I can ever remember in Orlando against Panama and then the Atlanta United players who will be featuring Miguel Almiron possibly depending on injury uh, Joseph Martinez even Even though Venezuela is out of the running in South America, you'd expect him to be called in. Brad Gazan, will he get minutes for the U.S.? Uh, Alexi Lawless would like to see that.
1: Yeah, I'm... I'll I'll be stunned if Almiron gets called up now based upon this and Martinez I don't know if he would turn down a call up to the national team
0: yeah I don't think he would but But I wonder if he might lobby against it yeah right now just Um, for now yeah and that's the big question that I've had on Twitter since the game ended is you know what do you do with the squad what do you do with rotating Martinez looked tired today how do you handle it and a lot of it depends on that national team duty right because if you know you're not going to have him for the Minnesota game maybe you play him Wednesday, and then let him go early if he's going to go to Venezuela national team duty, and don't go to New England. Right. If you know you could make the decision. Well, I know I'm not going to have him for the Minnesota game, so I'll rest him Wednesday and then play him Saturday in New England. Yeah. It, it's a lot up in the air right now. Right. I think Carlos Carmona could get called into Chile as well, playing as well as he is at the moment. He's been in and out of that squad. Yeah, and that's a team that needs some wins. They need some wins, and he's a veteran who's been part of that squad many times. He's in a great run of form. He could absolutely be called in.
1: Yep. All right. Thanks, Jason. Uh, this is Doug Robertson again. You can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and please subscribe to Southern Fried Soccer on iTunes. Again, Atlanta United has defeated Montreal 2-0. It is in third place in the MLS Eastern Conference. It is needs one more win to become the first MLS expansion team since Seattle in 2009 to qualify for a playoff berth. I've got lots of content up on AJC.com, I've tweeted it out from Doug Robertson, AJC. It's on Facebook at Atlanta United News now. Y'all have a good night.